Listener discretion is advised, as the Ebenezer's podcast may contain suggestive and or triggering themes and overall adult content. Oh, f- I realized, I was like, how am I going to do this without a beer? So I hope that came through. The bubbles, particularly in my nose. What kind of beer do you have today? Today is, again, from Avery Brewing. A, I don't know how to say this. Lily Koi Kepolo. It's a Belgian. Hold on. It's a Belgian style white ale. Lily Koi Kepolo. Yeah, that's about. That sounds right. That's close, right? I'm yeah. sure there's someone who like actually would know how to say this that would laugh at me. But it's really good. I like Belgians. They're like a little sweet. They're boozy. Yeah, I, I think my favorite one is Blue Moon. Blue Moon. That is a good one. I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't normally get Sam Adams, but if it's available and then I can have it with orange, it's really good. Well, that was my first beer. That was the beer that introduced me to all beer. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So tell me about your foray back into 90 Day Fiance. I'm so excited. (laughs) I thought, you know what I realized? As I had seen like a preview episode or something like that about the guy that lived with his mom and all that stuff and the girl from brazil and larissa yeah but i never watched like the whole thing so that's why i thought i saw it but anyways i'm at the point where what's his name the guy that the kid he's like 20 and he goes to russia oh yeah um i forgot their names steven steven he's so sweet like that's what I told you. Remember we talked about this before and I was like, right now he is, right? Yeah. I remember like the first thing I, t- I remember is that like the younger kids on the show seem to be way more genuine when they start out. It's the older people that you're just like, eh. they all seem sketch at first, but we'll see. I saw the preview where the, the guy, what's his name from um, Samoa? He yeah. takes the baby out of the... Wait, the um, car seat while she's yeah. driving and she's like you can't take the baby <laughs> I was like holy crap yeah they're so it's funny is in season one with Asuelu and Kalani they're like super sweet like they fall in love on the resort she goes home to Samoa with her dad who's Samoan and her mom is like Caucasian yeah and it was super excited they were there for like a few months and then she ended up falling in love with Asuelu yeah and she was a virgin and she got pregnant I know. And it's, like, it's just and so like the first season like he comes to america and he like does like a tribal dance at the airport and he's like huh, and like he's like doing the it was dance wild and she was so mortified like she's like please make this stop oh and he's just such a sweetheart in the beginning and then like by the time they do their second season you're like aswilu you're an ass like yeah. she's pregnant right again with like another <gasps> no she finds out she like boohoo cries her sister is boohoo crying oh no like, it's not fair to my first son like i just had a kid and now i'm having another one he hasn't had enough attention and then like in the second season she has both of the kids and they're so cute yeah but, like Oswellu is like a part-time like yogurt guy like handing out uh-huh. So she goes and picks him up in the minivan and when they get home he like gets out of the car and like just walks in the house closes the door like doesn't even like look behind him and so you see her like getting like the baby bag and then taking one kid out of one side taking the other kid on the other side on like her other hip and then like having to struggle to open the door and i'm like i will kill you asuelo how dare you how dare you these kids 
Jesus. And then he like makes comments. He's like, you know, women in Samoa do it all the time. She's just complaining for nothing. And then like his family comes into the picture and they're like, before you got pregnant, our son gave us all this money. And now he doesn't give us any money. You need to give us the money. And she's like, we have kids. And she's in the grandma was like, I don't care if you have kids. I don't care. Oh, about yeah. The kids. I want the money. I saw the preview of that. Like every time she comes in contact with her, she's just like, where's the money? I was yes. like, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, it gets really bad. But that their whole storyline, I didn't think it were going to be that exciting. But like they found a way. <laughs> they found a way. Reality TV will find, find a way. way. Yes. Well, I'm really excited about it. And that's how I'm going to be spending my next probably like week or two. Since I told you that they, they made available more spinoff episodes. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be me. How are you doing? I am good. Just living the good life, working, <laughs> you know, podcasting and we're making moves on the podcast. I'm yeah. excited. People we are working on things for you guys. Moving. Mm, mm. Anyways, thank you so much for catching up with us for another episode with the Ebonistas. Of course, I am Jabby and we have Doreen. Hi Doreen, my lovely co-host, which you heard did. I love it. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I need to get mine done. I've been thinking about asking to call my girl and be like, hey, can you please come hook me up? Because I'm not doing very well on my own. <laughs> I'll wear a mask. You wear a mask. We, we got these. Please. And she's so sweet too. And I'm just like, I don't know. The only thing is that her other job, she works with people in the public. So I don't know if she still does that. I'm sure she has other private clients as well. But, yeah. you know, that's my big worry But either way. It's a thing. But um, so this week, trigger warnings, trigger, trigger, warning. I mean, there's a general warning at the beginning of our show anyways for explicit content, adult content. But this week, we want to make sure that it's out there definitely because we will be talking about mental health. Although we're going to have probably other episodes, offshoots of the topic, kind of want to just get a quick dive into it, get some information out there for anyone that may need some help. Um, or those are just curious about how it plays a role in our lives today in society. So for the two of us, mental health and the maintenance of a person's mental and emotional well-being are at the top of our list in life. It's a priority. It's, you'll hear us every once in a while on the show. We'll check in with each other. We talk about how if we're tired one day or we're just not feeling it one day, we, we won't record. We don't do it. We don't. Yeah. You know, because we're mental health check. <laughs> even when we just need to talk, and even you know, during I I don't know how you feel, but I think since we started the show, we've grown a lot closer. Especially, yeah. um, like I knew that we were close before, but now it's a little different. I think it's really funny that like now we even I think we have maybe once a week where we don't talk. Maybe <laughs> there might be a small text message on that one day that we don't have full on conversations. But there's always a meme somewhere on Instagram. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But there's also like the other day, I remember like we just sat, it wasn't like we were having a conversation, but then there were moments we were just sitting in silence. And sometimes that's all you really need is just to kind of be with someone, you know, is just to have someone's ear ready. That connection. Yeah. And that's important for us. Fortunately and unfortunately, we live in a current state of the world in which there really isn't time to slow down. You're constantly bombarded with messages that you need to work harder. You're not good enough. You don't look good enough, et cetera, et cetera. And it's tiring. It's really tiring. So I feel, and I'm sure Doreen feels the same way. If you're not equipped with the right tools in this life, you can fall apart very easily. Hopefully after this episode, if you or someone you know needs a personal tune-up, they can feel a little less alone and have a dialogue to help themselves and others. Yeah. So let's talk about what is mental health. Mental health 
includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also determines how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life, from childhood mm-hmm. to adolescence through adulthood. Yes. Um, I know that we as adults tend to think that, oh, kids have it so easy. Like, I wish I could go back. Like, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't mean that, you know, you can't have mental health issues. Things like OCD and anxiety um, especially can present in children starting at a very young age, but they don't understand how to express that to us or how to get help or even what it is. They just, you know, they don't, you have to pay attention. But as we get older, we become more aware of mental health issues and how to treat it or understanding that like, this isn't a normal reaction, but like, I don't know, I hate to say normal a societal yeah. norm, you know, when it comes to dealing with stuff. I was telling Jabby, I remember when I got older, I realized that every year before school would start, I wouldn't sleep the whole night. Mm-hmm. Like as young as I can remember, I was just like, oh my God, how's it going to be? Are people going to like me? Is yep. my teacher going to be nice? And I just thought that was just how I was. Like every, you know, I just didn't sleep the day before school. But now I know that was anxiety, you know, yeah. and it was literally keeping me up. But I didn't understand what that was. I just thought that this is just how every year starts. Yeah. I think a lot what happens is a lot of adults grow up and bills happen and like real life, I wouldn't say real life, but like adult issues come to you. And then they look at children and they're like, well, you don't have to deal with this. You don't have to pay bills. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. What could you possibly have issues about? What could you possibly be sad about? And you know, as we've gone through the years and now we have a better understanding, I feel like we're better equipped to recognize those things in children. Also, if you're an adult that finds yourself saying that to your child, you know, really taking the time to take a step back and really think about what you're telling your child. When you say things like that, what you're doing is you're making their feelings invalid, basically. You know, you're making them feel as if, you know, if they try to tell you anything, they don't have a safe space to speak up, that they'll be criticized, that they're not strong enough, that there's something wrong with them. And really, it's just, you know, something that they've taken on. You know, not everyone is born the same way, just feelings and thoughts that come up with them. And, you know, a lot of it is biological and we're going to get into this later, but sometimes there's an idea of nature versus nurture. I just wanted to make sure that everyone knows everyone is going through something. When we refer to mental health, we aren't just speaking about diagnosed mental disorders, but the everyday mental Olympics that we all go through. According to the National Alliance of Mental Health, one in five adults experience some form of mental illness, and one in 25 have serious mental illnesses. And that's a fucking lot. Just think about how many people are in like one city. That means how many people in the time before Corona that you pass by on a daily basis, if you are someone that works downtown or outside your office, within your office even, that's a huge percentage of the people around you that are going through not just the everyday issues, but mental health issues. So just remember that coworker you keep giving a hard time or when you're just straight up being an ass to someone, or maybe you see someone else that needs help, extend the olive branch. The numbers show that a lot more of the population than we think are going through the ringer right now. Yeah, I was, um, we, (laughs) I actually watched a show called uh, My Name is Dave. If you haven't watched it, please do. It's really good and funny. We talked that. about this. We talked about this with Joe. It's about a white guy who's a rapper, but he, he has like a whole entourage. And one of his entourage's um, name is Gator. Mm-hmm. And Gator is like his hype man. You know, he's mm-hmm. hype and he gets the crowd going. <laughs> and 
know, but like you see Gator kind of like doing the most sometimes, like he can't tone it down for some reason. Uh-huh. And then, you know, he had a day where he was just completely drained, sleeping half awake. And they're like, bro, you need to get it together. We're about to fire you. And so finally he just lets it be known. I have bipolar disorder. I can't control this. Oh. You know, and they're like, man, thank you for sharing this with us. Like you're in a safe space. That helps us understand why you have these high highs and these low lows. But yeah. the way that they portrayed it on that show was just really, really good. It, it really yeah. helped you see it. Like he's just a little different, but it doesn't yeah. mean he's a bad guy or he's incompetent. You, once you know, it's like, okay, this is what's happening. Yeah. And they are really supportive of him throughout the rest of the show after he, he goes into it. He's like, man, you guys are like my family. And, you know, it's, it's just really sweet. Like he even raps about it. Like it's a whole thing. But I remember watching that and being like, okay, I get it. And I knew another coworker who I used to work with years ago who suffered from bipolar disorder. And I didn't know for a long time. I just noticed that he would have like bouts of extreme energy and like talking a mile a minute, super fun, most charismatic person you would ever meet. And then he would have other times where he was just like, Oh, I'm, I'm sure you're glad you don't even know me. And this and that. And I'm like, yo, why would you say that? Like, what's wrong with you? Do you okay? And then it was years before he was like, you know, I have this disorder. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. I was glad that he shared it with me. It was what I was yeah. trying to say. But things got really dark with him, though, for a while. Like, he threatened to kill people. Like, it got mm. really bad. Mm. And so, but when you know what he's dealing with, it helps you to kind of understand that as shocking as some of these things may be that he's saying it's a disorder. Like if you need to take insulin for having diabetes or medication for high blood pressure, this is just another disorder that your body has. And so you got to figure out the right medication to take and how much to take and how often until you get things a little more even keeled, but they're always going to have it. I mean, look at Kanye, like, yeah been watching him go through an episode and oh yeah it might be entertaining for some but it's a little concerning when you really think about it oh yeah but like it's interesting now because before when he first started acting a little more erratic in public you know everyone was just like the guy's just crazy or what have you and all these things but then all of a sudden you know he makes this revelation and then it's like oh like okay this makes sense you know like it, it definitely makes sense what I think is different, obviously, is he's on a, you know, this, he's on the world stage. So we get, we're seeing this, you know, being lived out with someone who's famous and what have you. And some people don't take it seriously. Some people still think it's a joke. I mean, obviously none of us are personally in that room unless, you know, you're Kim Kardashian herself, but from what we understand, it is a very serious issue with him. But The other thing that I think about also with people who do have suffer from mental illness and something that like in movies that I've seen that kind of repeats itself, it's like they take this part of themselves and the illness, like when you're, they're on that um, mania, it kind of takes this part of themselves and just brings it up to like a hundred. And sometimes it's in a really great way. Like you were saying your coworker, you know, was super social. He was like life of the party. Like, I feel like sometimes it's good in some ways for some people. A lot of artists, I think, suffer from some kind of mental issue. It's kind of like a running joke, you know, like it's like a running joke with like writers. Do you remember when Kanye said that his bipolar disorder was his, it was his superpower? Yeah, it really, I think it really can be. I know people that like will tell me they're like, you know, when I'm low, 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 even if I'm low or even if I'm high, one of those things is the creator of my art, you know, or people who maybe aren't even artists, one of their personalities or traits that they're dealing with is what really pushes them to work hard. And that's the reason why they, they're so really successful at work or something, but they will still have those moments of breaking down. So 
I feel like mental illness is like almost like people that are on the spectrum sort of, you know, like they're really great at certain things like mathematics or something like that, but they are lacking in other areas of their lives. And I can't think of the word right now for what that is. But yeah, I feel like sometimes it takes in a good way, like it takes that one part of you and like lets that part of you shine. And that's what makes you unique. And that's okay. I think to have that same thing. Yeah, you're right. That's just my little thought but we were talking about again the highs and the lows crazy ex-girlfriend do you remember that show i couldn't really get too deep into it oh my gosh okay so i'm a huge fan of it like i even started to like watch a couple more a couple episodes after a while um watch them again for those that have watched it you'll see that like i forgot what season it is but all of a sudden it's made very well known that she suffers from bipolar disorder. And this is why she's traveled across the country, for supposedly for this other person. Boyfriend. Yeah. So it starts yeah. off and you're like, man, this chick is like crazy, obviously. Like there's something, and they don't make it super obvious. They just make it seem like she's really weird kind of thing. Yeah, but then they really get into it. Yeah. And it's really great, like almost. And then like, it's a musical show, of course. So like there's songs about it, about her issues and things like that. You know, it's about, you know, her mom comes back to take care of her. And at the end of the day, you know, she has a support system for this issue that she's having. So that's a really great show. I want to talk about some of the signs that you may be suffering from mental health because we we kind of talked about bipolar quite a bit and so yeah. if you don't know there's a lot of highs highs low lows extreme swings in personality um, and usually the person isn't aware that they're doing it or sometimes they do become aware but they don't have the power to stop it which is why medication kind of keeps them keeled so that's bipolar we, i think we've covered quite a bit of that so as more and more people become aware that mental health is not a weakness it happens to a lot more people than you know than you're really even aware of like you think about those statistics that jabby gave you think about a classroom full of people there's at least two or three people in that classroom that have some sort of mental health issue. So these are some signs to look out for either eating or sleeping too much or too little pulling away from people and usual activities, having low or no energy, feeling numb or like nothing matters, having unexplained headaches or pains and aches, feeling helpless and hopeless, smoking, drinking, or using drugs more than usual. More than usual. (laughs) What is your usual? Take your normal bar and then like figure that out. <laughs> happy hour. Like what is your normal happy hour cap? And then just like, if you raise that a little bit too high, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Feeling unusually confused, forgetful, on edge, angry, upset, worried, or scared. Um, yelling or fighting with family over friends. Like, <laughs> I know this is random, but there, there was a guy who like stabbed a family member for eating oh, his God. pork chop. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. a moment. There might be something going on there, you know? I like that number eight, you were like feeling unusually confused, forgetful, on edge. And I was like, oh, that sounds like me right now. That sounds like parenting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anxiety from parenting. <laughs> Experiencing severe mood swings that cause problems in relationships. Having persistent thoughts and memories you can't get out of your head. Hearing voices or believing things that are not true. Thinking of harming yourself or others or the inability to perform daily tasks like taking care of your kids or getting to work or school. To be clear, yes, we have probably all experienced a a certain degree of all of these things, right, at some point in time. It's not about whether you've experienced all of these things or some of these things. It's about how much it's impacting your daily routine. If it starts to deviate from what you normally would do, then you should be concerned. We all have our low days. We all have our high days. But especially during COVID and Corona time, like this quarantine is not helping anybody's mental health except for those 
I don't believe in COVID deniers. They're probably just living the life, but <laughs> for the most part, it's, you know, we talked about it in the iCorona episode, like mental health is becoming definitely a big, big issue for a lot of people. A lot of schools are offering it for their students because yeah. they see that it's definitely impacting a lot of people. You were talking about the eating or sleeping too much or too little. And it made me think about Jesse from Big Mouth and yeah. the depression cat. Yeah. And they, we get introduced to her in the show and Jesse has to do something and she's like, come on, sweetie. Don't you want to lay down? And she just snuggles her. And I was like, oh, I know that feeling. Like that feels like it does feel good because you're just like, no responsibilities and talking to people. No, I'm just going to lay here in bed and it's, it's okay. A good way to describe it. And I, I liked it too. It was good. Yeah. It was very much so like the visualization of what that really feels like. And then, of course, substance abuse, feeling numb or like nothing matters. Um, a lot of these things we see in another animated character, Bojack Horseman. Mm-hmm. Um, that show, talk about thinking that it was going to be just a straight comedy and then realizing, uh-oh, <laughs> this is actually really deep. And dark. That show's really great. It really improves is when you meet him, you're like, okay, where's this going? Yeah. But you do not expect it to go where it goes. I can promise you that. No. What about Insecure? I mean, Molly goes to therapy and she becomes- Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I didn't see the last season. Oh, well, Molly goes to therapy. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. We can stop there. We can stop there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But we'll definitely, let's talk about that. Definitely. We'll talk about that later once mama catches up. We have Showtime right now, but like we might cut that off and then put on HBO. You know what I mean, right? Because Black Lady Sketch Show is coming back. So I got to put it on for that too. There's another show called Love on Netflix and it actually had another name and they had to change it because it was something to do with balls or something. But really? Yeah, it's really good. I mean, it shows her like this girl and this guy, like they fall in love and their whole story. But like at the end of season one, even though he's not her type and she's really not that into him, Mm -hmm. she like shows up at his job, starts making a scene, like turns into like a crazy person. You're just like, wait, what? Mm. And um, and then she finally admits that like literally the last episode, you're just kind of watching her showing these weird little signs of like these really damaging behaviors and like self-sabotaging and using sex as like a weapon, becoming obsessive. And then she finally admits that she's a love and sex addict and that she's addicted to it. And so watching it was, if you're not sure what that looks like, please go watch that show. I will definitely check it out because I, it's actually on my list, but I've been avoiding it because I guess I didn't really know what it was. So good. Okay. All right. I'm going back then. Cause I thought it was just going to be like an anthology kind of thing about people in love and blah, blah, blah. No. Okay. No. I got you. Okay, this is funny. There's a weird scene where he gets approached by uh, two sisters who want to have a threesome with him. Oh. And he was like, but that's, but how, but you guys are related. Like, and they're like, so what? He was like, I can't do that, man. That's incest. And they're like, it's not incest. We're girls. I'm like, no, nah, because you guys have no. to, no. And he- <laughs> that's incest. Yeah. <laughs> if you feel the same sex, it's incest. Y'all nasty. Okay. At least he had that reaction because we typically like hear about people that are just like, oh yeah, two sisters. Ugh. Like y'all nasty. Okay. That's yeah, incest. Gross. <sighs> Anyways. <laughs> In between our mental health <laughs> conversation, <laughs> incest. So I mentioned this earlier was nature versus nurture. What I've learned during my many rabbit hole moments with researching mental health over the years is that sometimes mental health issues are not just something someone is born with. How we are nurtured in our youth has a huge part in how we perceive others and how others cope with the world, how we cope with the world. Um, And not just from children, but like things that happen to us even as adults, you know, 
adults, there's plenty of stories, people that experience something very traumatic and it just, you snap and now you've got this depression, you've got PTSD, you've got what have you. So one of the examples that came to mind for me was gender norms that are pushed onto men and women. So often women are told that they have to be smart, kind, nurturing, independent, tough, but not too tough, strong, but also submissive. It is a lot, yeah, it's a lot of pressure on, on a person to be all of those things, which can be very conflicting at the same time, and also trying to maintain those societal norms of today's impossible beauty standards. I was thinking about the meme where it's just like, it's four panels and it's like black women and it's like, it shows us drowning with our hand up and it's mm-hmm. like the rest of the world and it looks like that world is going to give us a hand, but then it like gives us a high five for <laughs> drowning. <laughs> yeah, <but> like, nope. <laughs> yeah, but especially I feel like um, black women is a lot of the times we're not really given the leeway to be sensitive for so long. The persona that's been put out there is that, you know, we're super tough and fast talking and got attitude and all of the angry black women. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one dimension to us and one, no, that's not all of us, first of all, and that's just people in general. You have other people of other races that act that way, but Black women especially have been like just kind of personified as just being, having it all together and being strong. And I've been, I have had those compliments come to me. I'm sure you have had that too, where it's kind of a compliment where they're like, you know, you're really strong, blah, blah, blah. But like at the same time, then when you show this vulnerability, it's almost like people are shocked and they're just like, oh my God, like you have feelings, like you have down moments. And it's like, Yes, I'm a fucking person. <laughs> we all do. I feel like what we're not taught as women and, and men, I'm just saying as people, yeah. is how to balance all of that when you feel weak or depressed or yeah. you're, you've been hurt and damaged or you're just tired of being strong all the time. Like no one teaches you the coping skills. These are things we should learn in school, right? Yeah. Like how to live life and still have a mental health balance. But, yeah. and then especially with men, I feel like a lot of men and those gender norms, they have not been told how to process or talk about their emotional experiencing furthering that sense of being isolated they get angry they're resentful but you know for these men this creates sometimes like an emotional volatility that can sometimes manifest in in a way that seems like they're shutting down in relationships and friendships Mm -hmm. and at its worst that that budding resentment can manifest in an outward expression of anger aggression and sometimes even violence they're told not to be quote-unquote soft you yeah, know, yeah. but how do you talk about your feelings? You go through the same life as we do. Why is it that you can't talk about, man, I've been really low today. I had a really rough day. Like I cried, you know, like that's not okay yeah. for them. And can you imagine trying to bottle all that up? Like, oh my God, I say that women, we have a lot put on us, but we have each other. Like the yes. same way we have our mental health checks, we can talk to each other. And that's perfectly normal. Girl, I need a vent. I need a, I have, I'm having yeah. a moment. Guys can't really do that with each other. Yeah. And I wish that we could change that and give them an, an opportunity to just be human yeah. and talk about it because those unrealistic expectations based on gender or race or whatever often keep a lot of men mm-hmm. and especially men of color from seeking out therapy. Yeah, definitely people of color. Like, I mean, imagine it being a no-no for everyone decades before but like then for people of color like there are no emotions like your only emotion is to be strong and to keep going in this world because the world is not going to let up on you so -hmm. that's another thing like for people of color i feel like those issues like mental issues are definitely up there i feel like the statistics that we have out right now do not show the real numbers of 
what people of color are really going through. It's totally, like you said, I've been on the receiving end a few times um, being in relationships of men who have been bottling it up. And then all of a sudden it's like, and I'm very honest with my feelings when I'm in a relationship, when I'm with any of my friends, if I trust you, you know, you know, I'll talk to you about things. And if I'm having a good day, if I'm having a bad day, things like that. And and I feel like you're right. It's kind of more normal for women to share those things. I think men kind of like, okay, like, you know, they can deal with- That game last night? Yeah. (laughs) She's going to go cry tonight. And they're like, all right, like, let her go do her thing kind of thing. But it's opposite for men. And being on the receiving end of that, when a man finally breaks down and just lashes out, it's intense. And you can see, and it's just like, to us, it's like, why are you- not saying this, like say it for a modern woman, just say it kind of thing. But it's it's harder than that. This is literally society telling them you shouldn't be showing these emotions. You need to keep it all together. It's pretty scary sometimes, you know? And I think that, again, that's something that leads to things like domestic violence and other tragic issues. But if you, you know, know, you know, you have men in your life that are showing, exhibiting things like this, create that safe space for them. Be that shoulder for them if, you know, they're close friends, family, what have you, because they're going through it too. We all are, (laughs) as we'll say. So coping, you know, like you said, we want to have balance in all of this. In our first episode, millennials and Gen Z are kind of, I feel like leading the pack in having open dialogue about mental health. A lot of mental health issues or even anything that wasn't or isn't a white picket fence those things are swept under the fence for other generations. It's kind of like, no, you can't have those feelings. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, Literally, they used to take those who had severe mental illness and put them away, you know, send them to other states, lock them up because you're just, we can't function with you. And in some cases, they would actually sterilize them. Yep. Without their knowledge. It's scary. I mean, and then you're talking about decades of people being taught that, having a mental illness is wrong. There literally was the fear that you would be put away somewhere. Your family would reject you, things like that. But I think we've come a long way from there. We have a lot of options for coping. And this, obviously keeping these things wrapped up is not realistic. As mentioned earlier, people may choose to self-medicate to get by with not dealing with their problems. I know that wasn't proper English, but you get it. Um, (laughs) With their emotions and their problems, which it may get you from day to day if you just numb yourself to it. Or if you borrow someone else's medication or if you're on whatever, but it's not going to solve the problem. That problem will be right there waiting for you when you sober up. So do not self-medicate because it's not really going to do you any justice. You're just pushing it aside. Therapy can definitely help with that, whether that be in a group setting or an individual basis, like therapy can help. Even if you want to do it online, go to a chat room, you know, whatever, go to church, but seek out help if you notice that you can't deal with this by yourself or, you know, you need, you need more than just like a self-help book. I think that if you get to the point where you're kind of self-diagnosing yourself or you're thinking about taking someone else's medication, that's kind of like a trigger, right? That's kind of like a little light bulb should go off and you should be like, look, you know what, maybe I should just go get professional help. And I know that's probably some people are just scared to do that because it's like, once you do that, it's like, it's almost like it's really real. Like now it's going to be on paper somewhere that I have this issue. Now I'm sharing it with someone else in the world. But I think that once you're at that point, honestly, go ahead, start researching places that you can go in your area. They've made it so easy now. I mean, now we have apps. 
there's literally an app that you can pay. I think it's $30 a month. And I'll, I'll think of the name by the end of the show when we mention this. And we'll also make some information available on our website as well. But I mean, literally an app where you can have your own therapist at the tip of your fingers. You can text them. You can set up calls. You can set up video chats. Just, and then also be aware when you make an inquiry and you call somewhere to say, maybe I'm going to schedule a meeting or something like that, it doesn't mean you have to go to that meeting. It's really a big step just to make that first phone call. If you feel like you need to take a step back for a second after you make that call and maybe not go to the meeting, that's okay. Take a step back, go when you're ready because no one is going to you know, make progress if they feel like they're being pressured into it. Ease into it. Definitely. Easing into it is definitely a huge thing. And then also when you do, um, after you make your inquiries and your meetings, do not worry about staying with the first therapist or psychotherapist that you're with that you first meet. Sometimes it takes multiple tries for you to find the person that works for you. It's just like meeting a friend or a coworker. Sometimes those personalities just do not match and you may not feel comfortable with that person for whatever reason, innate reason inside of you, you don't feel like that is your person. That's not the person you want to expose yourself to. That's totally fine. Go ahead, make another appointment. Remember, this is your mental health. I know insurance and costs is a lot, but there's a lot of avenues and we're going to talk about that a little bit more. There's a nonprofit organization that I read about called the Confess Project. Mm -hmm. Uh, They actually train barbers to help their clients deal with mental health issues in their communities. And for a lot of men of color, I mean, they go to their barber more than they see, you know, like then they do a lot of things. It's like a constant. They talk about politics. They talk about relationships. They talk about all these things in a group setting. So it's kind of like group therapy already. So imagine if you had a barber that was trained to deal with this. So they take about, I think they, they actually give them about a year's worth of training really classes and they teach them what to look out for what to do you know coaching techniques and then they put them back out in their communities to do what they've already been doing and it's just it's so crazy we've seen all these black movies like the barbers are usually like that's where i go to that's my homie that's this that's that so it it makes perfect sense and i think it's such a great idea and it's also free like you don't have to pay your barber for this but if they have the tools to help you that's even better that's amazing good find dude that's awesome Again, I talked about this earlier. Cost, I know, is a huge thing. If you have insurance, that's really awesome. But obviously, in this day and age that we're living in, a lot of people do not. If you don't, definitely try and set yourself up with Medicaid. There is no shame in the game. Go ahead. Get the help that you need. Money is important to everyone, so please do what you have to do. If you don't qualify, or even if you do have insurance, you can also ask for a sliding scale from whoever it is that you go to see. Explain your situation that you're in, and sometimes those doctors may work with you, depending on your, in- your income. And usually these are professionals that have like literally given their entire career towards helping people's mental health. So mm-hmm. if finances are an issue, I can promise you these are probably the most considerate, compassionate people that would want to see you get help over making money. Exactly. And last things last, absolutely. If you cannot swing it, there are plenty of free support groups in your area. Some people may think of support groups only as AA or NA, but there are plenty of groups um, that you can go to and, you know, you can meet people one-on-one and they're just there for support. You know, you can share your story or you don't have to share your story. Just sometimes just sitting there amongst a group of people who feel the same as you and listening to their stories is helpful. And that can be very therapeutic. 
you know, recently quite a few celebrities, and I want to focus on male celebrities because we all know that women tend to be a little more open about this kind of thing, but like Kanye West has opened up about his mental health, as we discussed earlier, even Jay-Z talked about when he was unfaithful to his Beyonce queen and we all heard Lemonade. It was not good. And we all saw that beat down in the elevator. Solange got that ass. Let me give you these legs, okay? Um, he talked about attending therapy around the time that 444 came out. Artists like Logic and Prodigy have also highlighted conversations on mental health and in their work. G Herbo actually started a nonprofit from stemming from his PTSD experience and trying to help others. Yeah. Chance the Rapper started his own nonprofit called Social Works. And then they started their own initiative called My State of Mind, which yeah. provides grants to mental health service providers. But they're mostly geared towards people in Chicago. But there's okay. a ton of resources out there is what we're trying to say. It's not just one person or one thing, and it's everybody. Like, yeah. you are not alone in whatever it is that you're going through. Another one I think about is Kid Cudi, and I've loved Kid Cudi since his first album. And yeah, you can hear it. You can hear he talks oh about it. Gosh. It's, I mean, it's deep. Like, you really, I mean, it's not just day and night, duh, 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 you know, Pursuit of Happiness. Um, yes, Mr. Rager. Mr. Rager is a huge song for me. Like, it's such a beautiful song. And I, when I tell you, I almost cry every time to this day when I hear that song, it's all the feels. Yeah. And there's a reason for it. And he, I think a few years ago, he very publicly checked himself in mm-hmm. and said he needed to get some help for his mental health state. Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes. Yep. She's Britney definitely Spears. struggling. I think on one end, I think it's like they don't owe us anything, right? I feel like there's way more celebrities out there that are going through these things. So don't think that every celebrity you look at is like, okay, or whatever. In the same way that we do not look at every person that you cross paths with, do not think that they're not going through something. These people just happen to be on a bigger platform than us. And no, that doesn't mean that one group of people deserve more attention than the other, what have you. We all deserve to have our voices heard. One of the things I wanted to talk about was medication and psychiatry. There is a difference um, with your therapist. (laughs) So I want to talk about the difference real quick between psychology and psychiatry. Yes. Psychology focuses on treating the mental like health condition, like more so like how to help you make it through life and talking through your problems, but there's no medication involved psychiatrists can prescribe medication they use medication to treat those conditions so continue jabby big thing we talked about this earlier about self-diagnosing do not take someone else's drugs no do not take someone else's drugs they're not prescribed for you your medication is between you and your doctor the same way that you you know someone that has diabetes someone that has any other physical ailment you have to get the right medication for you So um, you're doing yourself a huge disservice by saying, oh, I feel like I'm bipolar or maybe you got diagnosed, but you don't, you don't have enough for medication. And then you grab your friend's medication. It's not safe. You don't know what to do with that. A medication could cause a variance of side effects. So just be careful of that. And please don't do that. Seek a professional help. Also, a lot of people are scared to go to doctors because they think that they're going to push drugs on you. That is not true. Um, Remember, it's your mental health. You are in control of this. If your doctor suggests it to you, that means that they see something in you. Maybe they see the progress that you're making and they feel like you could benefit from a little extra help. And that's okay. You can definitely do your own research on the medication. Ask as many questions as you need to. They will work with you on getting the right dosage as well. 
and they start you off slow and then they may taper you out. It just depends on whatever works for you. Medication does not mean that you stop going to therapy or to group meetings as well. You cannot, I mean, some people may do this. A pill is not a magical cure. Your mental health, it's just like going to the gym. You need the right foods to see the results when you go to the gym. You take your medication, but you also need to go to therapy to see those results come out. And honestly, for some people, it takes a few months to get out of their how they're feeling. Um, a lot of women who suffer from postpartum, you know, it could be temporary for them. And then some people, it's long term. And then again, can't stress this enough, check for cost of your drugs ahead of time. Medication, let me be specific. <laughs> I say drugs, but I mean... <laughs> the words are interchangeable, but just for those who want to be funny, like it's medication, your mental health medication. Check for your cost. Again, it's just like any other medication. You can see if you can get, what is it? What do they call the word? Uh, discounts? No. Well, not just that, but there's plenty of discount cards and things generic? like that. Generic. Thank you. The generic brand of the of the medication that you're looking for. Um, make sure that you get on the right schedule with your doctor and you understand how to begin your medication. So... These are just some suggestions of things that we've researched. So in some of our previous episodes, we talked about like that nature versus nurture and how like toxic parenting can cause some of these mental health issues. And sometimes it is nature where it's just in your genetics, like depression is genetic, alcoholism, gambling. There's a lot of things that are just in your genes. So, you know, you may be fighting an uphill battle and you need some help with that and that's okay. But like we said, there are a lot of nonprofits that are dedicated to helping those who need mental health services please make sure that if you feel like you need help or just a friend to talk to, find someone you know and trust and seek help. Don't let your financial situation get in the way of you getting better. I really hope that this episode helped to shed some light and didn't make anyone too sad on the fact that mental health issues do not discriminate, not by age, not by race, not by gender, not by economics, you know, like whatever. It doesn't matter. Whether you're white, black, Asian, male, female, gender neutral, we can all be impacted. So you are not alone in this. I want to bring up one last little thing, but suicide has become a leading cause of death in the U.S. amongst all age groups, but particularly in youth and young adults. It is the second leading cause of death amongst 10 to 34-year-olds. I always say that I wish I could have done more for my friends that I've lost to suicide, and I hope that this episode honors their memory by helping others to find some help or at least some hope. So thank you guys again for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. You learned something. And if anything, if you need help, call me if you know me and you have my number. (laughs) Well, even if you don't know us personally, but you feel like you you know, need a little extra assistance, please feel free. We'll give you some information to help you um, research in your area. You can email us at ebonistas at gmail.com. You can reach us over our website as well as ebonistas.com. And we're actually in the next week, we should have some information up on our blog for you on our website so that, you know, you can get you know, some suggestions on the right path for you. Or, or maybe you're that friend that just has, has someone else that you're concerned about. This is all good information for them. So we yeah. got you. Okay. Got you. Got you I, got you, Green. I got yes. you. I got you, girl. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week. And thank you. <laughs> Back again. Bye. Bye. Oh, f- the Ebenezer Podcast was created, written, recorded, and produced by Jabby and Doreen. Theme music by Chris Black of Truck Music Productions.